Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I want to invite you to grab your Bibles, meet me in Luke chapter 15. Let's talk today about sweeping through the Word of God. I want to explain that. We're going to meet today in Luke chapter 15. Let's drop down to verse 8, and let's open up today in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word, that in Your Word are the answers to solutions. In Your Word is the directions, even the, the confirmation, the certification of what it is that we're looking for. We're asking that Your Holy Spirit would illuminate it, and cause it to stand out, so that we can clearly see Your divine instructions. In Jesus' name. And we all say Amen. You know, I believe that as we work our way through the Scriptures, as we're studying the Scriptures, while we enjoy information, really what we're looking for is revelation. We want the Scriptures to be alive to us, because it's those Scriptures that really speak to your heart, that help you to walk that specific path that God has for you, so that your life assignment is accomplished and completely carried out. Now, verse 8, Jesus speaking says, Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. So there is a very thorough sweeping. There is a very careful searching. And I believe that what we need to do as believers is be willing to pull out our spiritual broom and give our best effort to sweep through the Word of God to find these treasures that may appear to be missing in your life. You know it's something that God has promised you, something that belongs to you, such as a silver coin or whatever the case may be, as the lady here is looking for a silver, silver coin. But you know what? You can search the Scriptures and find out what's yours, and locate it, and possess it. Praise God. I think this is very fascinating. I know you may be listening right now, and you think, well, she's looking for a silver coin. That, that just doesn't really speak to me, Pastor Stephen. I'm not really a coin collector. <laughs> that's, that's understandable. It's not like I really would get excited about a silver coin either. Uh, but maybe, maybe you're sweeping through the Scriptures not to really locate a silver coin. Maybe you're trying to locate a silver car. Not that I, I am either. I'm not really looking for a silver car, but you know, maybe there's somebody that, that there is. Maybe there's somebody out there that just says, you know, you know, Pastor Stephen, I really would like to have a car, and I, uh, you know, I'd like to have a silver car. Well, that, that's fine. Well, you need to sweep the Scriptures and find Scriptures to uh, back up what it is that you're asking God for. I think this is fascinating. I can read your thoughts. I think the subject is fascinating, and, I, and just kind of picking up the thoughts of some of you. You're thinking, there's no way in the Bible, especially, having been written, you know, uh, 2,000 years ago and, and, and longer, that God would ever put a, a verse in the, in, the, in the Bible about a car. But you know, when you search the Scriptures with an open heart, and you're having a heart-to-heart -heart talk with the Lord, 
he, he can really talk to you. Um, let me share something with you fascinating. Uh, this, uh, this is in the book of Song of Solomon. Meet me over there. I'm going to share something. Just, just camp out. Put your car in park just for a moment. Maybe your silver car, okay? In Song of Solomon, chapter 3. And I've got a little mini book in my hand. This book is not sold. Um, I wish you could buy it. It's not on Amazon. It's not on, you know, iBooks or anything like that. This was like, maybe we would call it self-published. And uh, the author gave me uh, one of these few copies that he had printed. This is by a man uh, that lives in Southern California. His name is Paul Toberty. Uh, some of you uh, may recognize the name. Paul was very involved in the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. That's a large uh, spirit-filled Pentecostal Christian organization uh, that's global in its influence. And uh, Paul was very involved in that and uh, served in that. He was a generous donor uh, towards that great work of the Lord for many, many years. And uh, the Lord blessed Paul to be a very successful real estate developer in Southern California. And I was, I was speaking with him one time, and uh, we, had a, we had a really fun talk, and he, um, he shared an interesting story with me about a car. And he said, he said, Stephen, he said, you know, he said, I actually had the money to do this, but, you know, I just wanted to bring it all before the Lord before I made any kind of a move. And he said, he said, I wanted to buy an old car, some type of classic car, and restore it. He said, that was just something that was inside of me, and I really wanted to do that. And uh, he said, you know, I was just curious. I wonder what the Lord thought about my idea to buy, you know, like a real exotic old car and, and fix it up. And, you know, he just had a desire to do that. And so he's, he's an older man. I think he's in his 90s right now. I can't remember, 90s or late 80s, but very, very healthy, very, very happy, uh, full of the Spirit, loves the Lord. And so uh, he said that he prayed and just brought this thing before the Lord, ha had his Bible out, and said, Lord, what do you think about this idea of me buying a car, an older car, and, you know, doing a extensive restoration on it? Uh, he said, I would just like to do that. Lord, what do you think about that? And would you believe the Holy Spirit gave him a verse? Uh, I'll talk just a more uh, about the book in just a moment. But the Holy Spirit gave him a verse from 2 Solomon chapter 3, verse 9. Now remember, the Bible is a big book. There's a lot of verses, thousands of verses. And Paul told me that when he got this verse from the, from the Holy Spirit. He, he didn't even know what it said. He didn't, really didn't know what it meant when he looked at it. But the Holy Spirit told him, Song of Solomon, uh, the third chapter, verses 9 and 10. And this is what it says. Verse 9, Of the wood of Lebanon, Solomon the king made himself a palanquin. Oh, stop just for a moment. I want to ask all of you students of the Scripture who could probably explain to me many biblical subjects, maybe even get into uh, um, deeper theological discussions. Stop just for a moment. I want to ask you a question. Can you explain to me 
in the next five seconds without going on Google and looking it up. Can you explain to me what a palanquin is? <laughs> and Paul had been in the church for decades. Uh, this was a man that when he was born, Amy Simply McPherson, the famed evangelist, laid hands on him and prayed over him as soon as he was born. Uh, it, it was, but yet he was raised in church and had never in his life read or came across this verse. And he, he didn't know what it meant, but the Holy Spirit told him, your answer's right there in that verse. And he read it, and it says that Solomon the king made himself a palanquin. Well, he, he probably did what some of you may be doing right now, uh, wondering what in the world a palanquin is. I've actually got a footnote on mine, and uh, it says the same thing that Paul found when he looked it up in a Strong's Concordance, which, you know, gives the full meaning of every Hebrew or Greek word, and he looked it up. Would you like to know what a planquin is? Would you like to know the verse that God gave a man who asked, is it okay to buy a car uh, Lord, uh, is this all right? And here he is asking God about a car. And God's going to speak to him from a scripture that's, you know, you know what, over 3,000 years old? But the Word of God is eternal. God's Word is fresh. Praise the Lord when the Holy Spirit breathes upon it. Well, he looked up the word palanquin in the Hebrew, and this is what it means. A portable enclosed sedan. If you don't think that's true, you can look it up yourself right now. You can go online, you can go to Blue Letter Bible, and uh, type this in, and pull this up, and open the uh, Thayer's Lexicon, and open the Strong's Concordance, and there it is. And you'll see that this word, which is a Hebrew word, has an uh, Egyptian uh, base to it. It's a very, very old word. And from what I've seen, this is the only time it's ever used in the Bible. But that's what a palanquin is. It is a portable enclosed sedan. Uh, Pastor Stephen, that kind of sounds like a car. Yeah, well, yeah. Ever heard of a sedan? I know Ford's phasing out all of their sedans. Everybody wants, it seems now, big SUVs because that's just the thing. But, you know, the, the luxury sedans they're not going anywhere. Uh, you know, the big, big companies, you know, the luxury companies, whether it's Mercedes or Bentley or Rolls Royce, they're still cranking out the sedans. Well, uh, it says here that he made its pillars of silver, its support of gold, its seat of purple, its interior paved with love. Well, Brother Paul, when he saw that, told his wife, I've got the scripture, I've got the word from the Lord. And uh, God said the car is a thumbs up, basically. We, we, you know, we can do this. So he and his wife, with this word, launched into this project. And uh, l let me just say this, that if you will sweep the word, take your spiritual broom, uh, your, your effort, your determination, and if you will sweep the word, you can find the treasure that maybe previously has eluded you. And the Holy Spirit can really help, because He knows everything that God has ever said. He knows verses you don't even know about. Like, like Paul told me, he said, I, I, didn't know what, I didn't know what that verse really meant. I didn't even, he said, I didn't even know what a plank one was. 
And when he told it to me, I said, I don't, I don't know what it is either. He said, well, I didn't either. I had to look it up. So um, I know you at least learned something new today because you learned today. If you've never learned anything yet today, you've learned definitely what a palanquin is. Praise the Lord. It is a, is a portable enclosed luxury sedan. <laughs> oh, and not only did Paul step into this project, but he really did in many ways what Solomon did. Uh, this one that Solomon made was, uh, was made of wood and it was, uh, you know, had purple seats and it was, uh, the interior was paved with love. And so what Paul did is he went out and bought, uh, this was in, this was in 2017. He, uh, he went out and bought a 1929 Isota fresh, uh, fresh Chini car. This was the car back in the, uh, in the twenties and the roaring thirties. Uh, this was the car that the movie stars drove. Uh, you were either, the only people that could afford it were usually the movie stars in Hollywood or the very, very elite business tycoons. It was a car that was imported from Italy into America. Uh, the car would uh, come customized one. Uh, there were no two that were alike. And so he found one in America that had been kept in storage for many, many years. He bought it and it needed a complete restoration. And after 2,700 man hours of work, this thing was restored back to like the, the original 1929 condition. I mean, this was a, you know, refabricating, um, you know, window handles and uh, all kinds of knobs and things that had just gotten old and, you know, everything had to be made exactly like it was when it was new. And after many, many hours of work, 2,700 hours of work, this thing was fully restored and he took it to the concourse of elegance there at Pebble Beach. Now, every year they have that very famous car show there, and you have to be invited. So they'll, they'll invite 200 of the most unusual cars, very exotic, very nice cars to come. And then they'll judge which out of the 200 is the best. And out of the 200 cars, he got second place. So it, it was really amazing, but it all... It all came out of a scripture. Now, the Holy Spirit, I believe, put that desire in his heart. That's why I'm trying to, I've been trying to tell you over some of the past teachings that some of these desires you have, this is not like you maybe just having a daydream or having some kind of like, you know, like another, you know, imaginative thought. These things can be implanted by the Spirit, but you really, you're going to really need to sweep the word because when you find that, that, that scripture, like the lady, when she found the silver coin, when you find the word that authenticates the experience that you're endeavoring to have, then you have tapped into power, the power of God that gives you the strength to stand on that word, knowing that God's with you. And that, you know, the Lord's going to bring it to pass. Praise God. So, very, very fascinating uh, little book here. He documented the uh, building of the car or the remanufacturing re, um, of the car with all kinds of pictures and all kinds of cool stuff, all the team working on it, the history of the car, cool stuff like that. But all I'm trying to say, my friends, to that one story is that you may think that the thing you want God to do in your life, you may think, well, that's not in the Word. 
I'm here to tell you today that if you'll sweep the word, you'll find it in there. You may not, you may not think it's there. It's there. It does, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's dealing with medical industry, doesn't matter if it's dealing with the educational industry. There is something in here. God can take that word. The Holy Spirit can touch that word, anoint that word and speak it to you. And you've got your word from the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sweeping through the scriptures is an amazing thing. I believe that when you do this, it authenticates your originality. It authenticates your assignment, your unique destiny. It helps you to identify not just who you are, but even areas of your assignment and the kind of the kind of color that God has made you, the kind of mold that God has made you to be. We get a little glimpse of this in Jeremiah. Let's take a look at that just for a moment. I like Jeremiah. I like, uh, you know, I know the theologians, they call him the weeping prophet. Um, I'm sure that doesn't mean that he didn't have some happy moments, some good laughs, um, you know, but it, it was a tough assignment that he had. But, you know, no matter what you're called to, if it's the Lord uh, send you in that direction, there's going to be grace and so there'll be happiness as well. Now, look at this. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying. Okay, so, so much of this is tied to the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord, the word of God, releases your identity. It releases the understanding of your destiny. It really, it really helps to authenticate who you are and what your assignment is. So it, it certifies your unique originality. Verse 5, this is what the word was. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So I think in some ways, prophecy can really be the pulling out of your authentic you that God stamped you with, with this make, this mold, before you were even formed in your mother's womb. I believe that prophecy sometimes is just identifying that calling, that, that assignment that God has for you, that God knew what it was before you were even born. Wow, that's amazing. And it's, it's different for everybody. Here we see that Jeremiah uh, is ordained by God as a prophet to the nations. And he had a multinational, we could, we could call it uh, very accurately, an international ministry. And he was known. He was known not just in Israel, but in many other countries. Now, that doesn't mean that at the same time that he was known in China. I, I, don't, I don't see any historical evidence that the prophetic ministry of Jeremiah reached, you know, into Asia. I, I don't think that was his thing. He had a specific location where he was effective at. That's what his calling was to. So, you're not called to everybody. The only person called to everybody is Jesus. Be, but you and I can't do everything. We have specific assignments, specific 
callings. So I don't think that Jeremiah ever made it to China. But we know from historical evidence that the Apostle Thomas did. See, everybody's different. Thomas, who many Christians have tried to stamp him into a wrong mold as being doubting Thomas, but you can't take one or two weak moments of his life and say, this is who this guy was. Because when you study church history and you look at the latter part of his life, when he really took a hold of the Word and began to believe God, uh, this man had a tremendous ministry. And in many ways, we know more about the apostolic ministry of Thomas than we do about the other 11. Very fascinating. But Thomas made it into China. He ministered there. Thomas also ministered in modern-day Iraq. The Apostle Thomas also ministered so far north in India that he actually went all the way to Pakistan. But the thrust primarily of his ministry was there in the hotbed area of southern India. And even today in India, uh, it seems that the church is strongest in India there in South India. And uh, there on a hill in India, there is a, there's a Catholic church, and it's in that Catholic church, very beautiful church, where the Apostle Thomas is buried. They actually have uh, his bones there, and they, they have on display his heel bone. I, I took a close look at it, and it has a T on it. The, I figured that meant Thomas. No, just joking. But it is his heel bone. <laughs> Not that I can look at a heel bone and really tell. But um, I, I'm just going to take their word for it that that's him. And he was a martyr. He got... Uh, he got killed with spears. And so, um, you know, he, he is a great man of God. Praise the Lord. But my friends, I think, I think it's important to know that when you sweep through the Scriptures, you'll begin to find out these things that God has for you. You'll get that authentication. You'll get the green light from the Holy Spirit. But you're going to have to really dig. It's very, very good to get into the Word and to spend time in the Word. You may not really be into a silver coin that might not do anything for you. You're like, I, I don't care if I lost a coin. I'm not going to go sweeping my house for that. You may not really be moved by a car, but I would, I would suggest that if you l listen to your heart, there is something that moves you. Something moves you. Maybe, maybe it's music. Maybe it's you would like to have your own house. Maybe you would like to raise up an orphanage. Maybe you would like to, uh, you know, have a ministry. Maybe you would like to start your own business. There's something. There's something that makes your motor turn. There's something that grabs the attention of your heart. And so, when you sweep through the Word of God, you find those great treasures that that illuminate, that reveal your purpose, what God has for you, and also that strength that comes from the Word that really helps you to step into it and actually do it. And I think that's what's amazing. Here's something, here's something really neat, the Gospel of Luke chapter 5, because there is power in the Word. And again, we're not looking just for information in the Word, although we like information. I like learning about you know, uh, Israel, the land of Israel, all the historical things of the land, uh, th that can be overwhelming because it's just ongoing. So while I like information, mainly though, I'm looking for revelation. I'm looking for revelation while I'm in the Scriptures, revelation so that I can do all that God has called me to do, and so that I can discover the things that God wants me to discover 
and bring forth the word that God has anointed me to bring forth. Now, Luke chapter 5, and we see here in verse 17. Now what happened on a certain day as he was teaching. Now, he's teaching. So he's teaching. He's teaching the word. He's not teaching about the weather. He's not uh, teaching about what's going on uh, at the Jerusalem stock market. That He's not doing any of that. He's teaching the Word. Now it happened on a certain day as He was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. You have to catch that. When He's teaching and the Word's going forth, it creates an atmosphere of power. And that suddenly, while he's teaching, this power comes for them to get healed. Now, they don't act on that power. They don't receive that power. But if you did want it, it was there. What creates that, 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 that power? The teaching of the Word. So if you sweep through those scriptures and you spend time in the Bible, you spend time in the Word, you will also come into power encounters. And it, it just comes into your heart with such a force that your faith is very, very real. Praise God. We, we saw the same thing in Acts chapter 10 when Peter is teaching, preaching to the household of Cornelius. And Right in the midst of his explaining, you know, the ministry of Jesus, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, right as he's ministering the Word, what happens? The Holy Spirit falls upon everybody that was hearing the Word taught. Well, it's not coincidental. These power encounters are not accidental. It's because of the Word, the Holy Spirit anointing the Word, and the hearing of that Word, and suddenly power rushes in. And so when you sweep through the Word, you come, you come into contact with power, with certain scriptures that the Holy Spirit just, just lights up, and they, they, uh, they grab you, and they go into your spirit, and it's like food, and it feeds you, and it strengthens you, and it's, uh, it's a source of fuel. It's a source of fuel. We see an analogy to this in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. Let's jump over there just for a moment. I think this is an interesting verse. Proverbs chapter 26 gives us insight into the fuel that we need so that the anointing continues to flow. The anointing continues to flow. Proverbs 26 verse 20, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. Well, the fire, fire is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. There were different symbols of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, particularly. You had fire, you had oil, you had wine, you had rain. These things would symbolize the Holy Spirit. Well, here, the wood represents the Word, and the fire represents the Holy Spirit. And as long as you've got wood, the fire can keep burning. So what you have to do is you have to be looking for the wood. Praise God. You've got to go out and get your wood. You've got to keep searching for those scriptures like you're searching for wood. And as long as you're doing that, now the Holy Spirit 
the fire is able to continually give you these encounters with power because there's fuel for the fire and that would be the word of God praise the Lord this is very important because if you want to go high in the Lord if you want to succeed you're also going to have to have depth and you cannot have depth without having the word it's just absolutely impossible you must have it we see this in Acts chapter 19 Acts 19 verse 13 and let me say this the word of God builds spiritual depth the word of God builds spiritual depth if you look at a skyscraper and you stand you stand next to it and you down at the bottom and you look straight up it can be quite staggering because you got to tilt your head all the way back and look up maybe it goes up a hundred floors maybe you've been to Manhattan and there's a lot of skyscrapers but the thing that oftentimes you don't see is the depth so if it's you know a hundred hundred stories up that it's going to be almost a hundred stories also down not that they're having stories but the the foundation the um, the part that goes down is going to also be very very deep same with trees if the tree is real high it's going to need a very extensive root system to support it why because whether it's a skyscraper or a tree that has great height you need the great depth because it's the depth that brings stability to the entire structure and it is your depth in the Word of God that brings the stability into your life to support the great growth that will come out of power encounters with the living Word. Acts chapter 19 verse 13, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Who are you? Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? I'll answer the question for the evil spirit. They are someone who doesn't have spiritual depth. In other words, Jesus had depth. He had a true walk with God his Father. Paul the Apostle had a real relationship with the Lord. He had depth. But these guys come along and it's just all surface stuff. So when they run into real encounters, because remember Jesus talked about the powers of darkness. He talked about binding the strong man. So the enemy does have strength. He can be referred to as the strong man. What happens is when you run into real situations, if you don't have depth, then you're going to have a real problem because these forces, they only respond to power. They only, they only will respond if you have the power to back them back down. And here, they don't have genuine depth. And you can't have depth without getting into the Word. But it, it gives you that great height. 
in Christ. It gives you that great height in Christ. That's why you need to be in the scriptures, building yourself up prayerfully, uh, looking through the word of God, and just looking for those things that would stand out, digging through the word, sweeping through the word. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think in our culture today, in America, we are seeing a great decay in what, what we would call a work ethic. And so, this, this stuff is not new, it's just gotten worse. I remember when I was in college taking a, a history final exam. You know, once this uh, exam was over, then, you know, you turn your paper in, and, you know, that was a wrap for the whole semester. Then, you know, just wait for your grades to come back. And, uh, but that this was the final class. This was the big exam. And so uh, we all get, you know, the test paper. And we're, you know, we're ready. So we, at least we hope we're ready. And so we're, we're all looking at this massive test. Everybody in the room's trying to answer the questions. And the teacher, uh, the, the teacher just said, I've got to step out and do something. I'll be back. And was gone for almost the entire time of the classroom session. I think this was like an hour 20 uh, minute class. And so the, you know, the pref the professor was just gone. I don't know where he went. Maybe to get a coffee. Uh, maybe he went to lunch really weird in the middle of a major exam. But the moment he walked out, there was another student reached right down, uh, opens up the backpack, pulls out of uh, the entire notes and just starts, you know, writing all the answers from, you know, uh, that she had. Obviously, she didn't study and memorize them, but just just writing them all out. Right, you know, got all the answers, and you know, probably went on to make you know an A plus or perfect score on the exam. And it's things like that. When people do stuff like that, they think they're going to the top. What they realize is they don't have a foundation, and so they're not going to have stability when they run run into real life situations. Why they've skipped preparation. They, they, they certainly aren't founded on the scriptures, and they've built, they've built their whole experience on sand. And then when storms hit, they're not ready. Uh, they don't know who they are. They, they, they act out of character. They, maybe they have no, no, no character. And so uh, you see people have meltdowns sometimes uh, on television. And you think that we thought that person was a leader. Well, maybe they got themselves into that position uh, through fraudulent means. But when it got really tough, we actually saw what they were made of, and it wasn't much. So, my friends, this is why we need to sweep the Scriptures. This, this is why we need to spend time in the Word, get authentication of who we actually are in Christ, of our calling, of our purpose, of our assignment, and so that you're on task doing what God has called you to do, and you're excelling in it, and you're happy. And you know what? You're not, you're not really concerned about what people think about you, whether they uh, agree with you, or maybe they persecute you, or whatever the case is, because you have spent your time in the Word, and you know that you are going in the right direction. You're going in the right direction. And as I said earlier, you can't do everything, and you can't please everybody. So you want to please the Lord. You want to be true to, uh, you know, what God has called you to do. And there's just some other things, you know, you're just not going to be able to take care of everything uh, in the sense of trying to please everybody. But that's okay. You're not called to do that. You shouldn't even be expecting that you have to do that. Praise the Lord. But move forward. Move forward in your, in your calling. You know, Peter was called to the Gentiles 
excuse me, to the Jews, Paul was primarily called to the Gentiles. But even with that unique assignment, you still saw Paul getting people saved that were, you know, that were Jews. He still got a lot of Jewish people saved. Matter, matter of fact, he kept going to the synagogues, even though he's going out, going out of Israel, going out of Jerusalem. He's getting a lot of Gentiles saved, but he's still getting Jewish people saved. Same thing with Peter. Peter was called primarily to the Jews, but yet the first Gentile that's recorded in Scripture as being born again is Cornelius, and that happened under Peter's ministry. So, yes, there can be some crossing over, but the main thing is you stay on those assignments. Jeremiah, you're called to be a prophet. Yes, yes, you can do some other things over here, but you're primarily called to be a prophet, and you do that, and you stick with that. God supports that. You get in the Scriptures, God validates that more and more, and it really helps you to be strong in who you are. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe that the Lord's still speaking to you through His Word. We talked about this on Sunday, but He's still wanting you to discover Scriptures because they're in there. And so it doesn't matter if, if it's a silver coin, silver car, blue car, blue hair. I, I, I don't know. I just know that if, you're, if you really want to know, it's in the book, and the Holy Spirit will illuminate it to you, and will really talk to you about what God has for you. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we thank You that as Your people go into the Word, You're going to open up Your Scriptures to them. We thank You, Father, in Jesus' name, Amen. God's going to confirm you. Praise the Lord. God's going to confirm what He has for you. Now, remember, let me speak just for a moment to you very young believers in the Lord. Remember, anything that the Lord confirms, anything the Lord says, anything He does will always harmonize with Scripture. In other words, God would not tell you to do something that would contradict anything in the Bible. It's always going to harmonize. There's always going to be an order. And people who have disobeyed that have gotten into a lot of trouble. People who've said they've had angelic visitations, and, and then they go off and do something that doesn't line up with Scripture. Well, an angel told me. Well, then that was, that was, uh, that was Satan masquerading as an angel of light. And today, because of that, we actually have, you know, various religions of the world that were founded by people who said they had an angelic visitation, and an angel told them to preach this. But you have to test the spirits. You have to test the spirits, and these people never did. And, and now all of these uh, false teachings have been born, all of these false religions that lead people away from God and lead people into eternal separation from God in hell. Praise God. But we thank God that we stay with the Word, and that the Holy Spirit will illuminate the Scriptures to us, and will always harmonize with God's will for our lives. Praise the Lord. And you know what? Don't be afraid to ever uh, bounce something that God told you off of a you know, more mature person in the Lord, or maybe your pastor, or, you know, somebody that you respect spiritually who's, you know, very faithful and solid in the things of God. Because I believe that, I believe that when it's of the Lord, uh, it really edifies others, it builds up others, and when it's of the Lord, good solid people sense 
and know that. And in many ways, you don't even have to even like be like, as we would say, Pentecostal, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, to know when something just seems right. You you know, I, I know people that are Baptist. I know people that that are Catholic, but they have very, very strong walks with God. And I feel like I could share something with them and they could just tell from their knowledge of the word, whether or not it rings true or not. Does it line up with scripture? Yes. And so forth. And you know what? You don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that. You just have to have good working knowledge of the word and you stay within those boundaries and those uh, parameters. And you do that, you're going to be totally fine. But I'm just saying God can speak some of the most amazing things out of his word because this is a living book. Praise God. Heavenly Father, as your people continue to sweep through your word, let them find those treasures. Surprise them. Surprise them that you could even speak in such a way. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take communion today and celebrate the Lord that he is still talking still speaking, still guiding us today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We consecrate it. We thank you that it is now holy. This is the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the, uh, the body of Jesus, that he is the living word, the eternal word, and that your word is alive. Thank you, Father God. Give us grace and strength to search the Scriptures, even like the noble Bereans who heard Paul teach, but didn't just take it and receive it just because it was Paul. They actually searched the Scriptures to verify that what he was teaching was true. So, Father, we thank you for a love of your Word, a love of your Word. Thank you, Father God. Father, we thank you not just dead, dry Bible study, but Lord, living study where you're feeding us and teaching us and talking to us. We thank you. We receive the body of Jesus now. Amen. So some of you need to put some more wood on the fire. You haven't put any wood on the fire, so it's like the fire has gone out. So keep getting into the, uh, into the Word, into the wood, and the fire, the Holy Spirit will catch it on fire. Hallelujah. And you have burning revelation. Now it's not just information, but it's continual, it's continual inspiration and revelation flowing into you. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for closeness to you, intimacy with you. Thank you, Father, for access into the Holy of Holies. Thank you, O God. We come before your throne of grace. We thank you that you're pouring out mercy and revelation and goodness. This is a, this is a moment, an hour, where you are unlocking and unveiling destinies. Right now I'm seeing scrolls of destiny that have been rolled up. They've been rolled up, and you haven't been able to read them the entire time you've been on this planet you have and you've known you've known about them but you have not been able to read them they're going to be unrolled as you're into the book god's going to unroll to you scrolls of destiny and you're going to be able to read the scroll of destiny of your life 
not all of it, but God's going to allow you to see the, the prominent points, the things that you need to know, and you're going to be amazed at what God has planned for you. So, Father, we thank you. We receive it. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit's going to show you some people that you're going to meet. You might not know who they are, but maybe you have heard of them, but you're going to be allowed to meet them in the future. You're even going to get some names. You might not even know who the names are, but you're going to meet those individuals. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Scroll of destiny. Scrolls of destiny are going to be unfolded as you sweep through the Word. You're going to make the most amazing discoveries. The lady found her lost silver coin. Silver in Scripture always represents redemption. So you're going to find things, uh, even things maybe you thought they were lost. God, God's going to bring redemption. Things are going to be restored back into your life. But there's also going to be new things and things you've never stepped into. You're going to come into it. God's going to, He's going to talk to you about it and unveil them to you. Get ready to read the scroll of destiny of your life as you are in the Word of Life. God bless you. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.